You're listening to Into the Fire, a series about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they persevered in their faith despite great adversity. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. That's all the announcements that I've got for you, so let's get to the message. We really are. We're wrapping up a series that we've been in for the past four weeks. This is week five, a series that we have titled Into the Fire, Into the Fire. And something that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt about each person that's in this room is that you are either experiencing a difficult time right now in your life, or you are about to head in to a difficult time in your life, or you are just coming out of a difficult time in your life. Many Christians feel like life should be easy and they shouldn't have any difficulties, but I want to to remind you of the words of Jesus in John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, here on earth, you will have many trials and many sorrows, many trials and many sorrows. Now, let's be honest. If somebody came up to you and said, hey, I'm having a party next weekend. I want you to come. It's going to be awesome. If you come, I promise you're going to have many trials. And if you come, you're going to have many sorrows. I want you to come. It's going to be awesome. How many of y'all know that we would all be saying, yeah, I can't make it next week. I got this thing at that place with that person. I mean, we, we want to avoid trials. We want to avoid sorrows at all costs. We don't, we don't like that at all. And so uh, the truth of the matter is though, that if you are hearing my words this morning, that means that you are alive. And if you are alive, Jesus said again, in this life, you're going to have many trials and you're going to have many sorrows. And I don't know what that might be for you right now, but maybe right now in your life, you seem to be having fire after fire after fire after fire. You, you seem to keep having trouble after trouble after trouble. Maybe the trouble that you're experiencing is health-related. Maybe the trouble that you're experiencing is relationally, uh, is relational, uh, some sort of relationship. Maybe the trouble that you are experiencing is some sort of financial heartache. Maybe your job is unsecure, or maybe you don't have a job, and you've been looking for a job and looking for a job, and you just can't seem to find one. And you think in your mind, you know what, I'm trying to do everything right. I'm trying to do everything right, and yet you're still struggling, you're still struggling, and you wonder why. Why are these strugglings happening to me? Well, check out this verse in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. The Bible says this, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. The Bible says that no matter what you are going through, that the trials that you experiencing will show whether or not your faith is genuine or night. In other words, sometimes our faith is tested so that God can see if our faith can be trusted. Sometimes our faith is tested to see if it can be trusted. As you endure trials, as you endure sorrows, you will be able to see the depth of your faith and the quality of your faith. And so if I had to give the message a title this morning, it would be stand in faith. Stand in faith. Now this morning, we're going to look at three people's faith who was, who was tested in crazy, in a crazy, 
easy way. We're going to look at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's in Daniel chapter 3 if you've got your Bibles and you want to, you want to turn there. Now, you may know the story, but what I want to remind you of is that at this particular moment in these guys' life, they're probably 14 or 15 years old. They are, they are young teenagers, and they are about to stand up to a guy named King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, if you remember the first week in this series, I told you that King Nebuchadnezzar was an evil guy. He was a, a ruthless guy. He was not the kind of guy that you wanted to cross. And he thought an awful lot about himself. He really did. He put his face on every brick that was made in his kingdom. His palace had his face all over it. The walls that surrounded the city, they had his face all over it. If you wanted a brick house in your, in your neighborhood, wherever you lived, guess what? You were going to have his face all over your house. His face was on all the currency. He wanted everyone to know who he was was and he wanted everyone to know that he was the king. Then at one point, he decides that he's going to make this giant golden statue and he tells everybody in the kingdom that you need to bow down to this giant golden statue. Now this, this statue, again, it's huge. It's, it's 90 feet tall, 90 feet tall. So everybody look up. That's what you'd be seeing, this 90-foot tall statue. Not only is it 90 feet tall, but it's nine feet tall. Wide. Again, this thing is huge and it's made out of gold. So don't, not just thinking about how big this thing is. Can you imagine how valuable this thing was? How many of y'all know some people who might be trying to get in that statue at night, break off a little piece so they didn't have to work anymore? Hey, praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Just me? All right, maybe not y'all, but that's how it'd be. So King Nebi says to all of his government leaders, he says to everybody in the kingdom, all of his advisors, every judge, every person, that they're supposed to come to the dedication of this statue. And in Daniel chapter three, verses five through six, look what the Bible says. It says, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a burning furnace. Everybody say, or a blazing furnace. Everybody say blazing blazing. This is not just a regular furnace. It is blazing. Now, I want a moment of honesty from everybody here in the room. If you don't mind helping me out, I like for people to participate. But how many of you in this room would say that maybe in the past week or so, you've had what you would consider to be a bad day? Bad day, anybody? A couple people? Yeah, yeah. A lot of us, we had bad days. Man, I had a bad day this past week. It was a bad day, a terrible day. It was a horrible day. Such a bad day that I went home and I had a headache. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I have this headache and I'm thinking, you know what? The only thing that's going to make me feel better because of this day that I just had is some ice cream. Ice cream. I love ice cream. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. So I, 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 I don't just like ice cream. I like those drumsticks. How many of y'all know what them drumsticks are? Man, they're drumsticks. They're these cones that have ice cream, and they're dipped in chocolate. You know, you don't have to get them with the nuts anymore. You can just get them dipped in chocolate. Man, they're so good. I think it's a taste of heaven right here on earth. I love them. You know what I'm saying? They're so good. So I'm like, man, I got to get me one of these drumsticks. So I go to the freezer, you know, and I open up the freezer, and there's that box of drumsticks, man. And I'm like, praise God. Things have been going bad, but things are going to turn around right here. This is my moment. This is my time. Praise God. And I grab that box of drumsticks, and when I grab that box of drumsticks, I notice it's kind of light. <laughs> I, I, I notice that box is empty. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, 
my, my emotions are, I'm on this emotional roller coaster, you know? It's been such a bad day. I saw the box. I'm so excited. But I reach for the box, and it's like, man, the day could it get any worse. And so as I'm looking there at the freezer, thinking about how cold and heartless people in my family must be <laughs> to leave this empty box in my freezer and betray me, as I'm, as, I'm feeling, as I'm feeling all these emotions, and I'm looking into that freezer, I see something in the back. I see something in the back behind the hot pockets. Somebody has taken, somebody has taken the last drumstick and they have tried to hide that last drumstick behind the hot pockets. You know what I mean? They're using the hot pockets as camouflage. And I'm like, not today, man. This thing is mine. I'm so excited. The day's looking better. So I grab that, I grab that drumstick and I open up that drumstick and I throw that wrapper away. But unbeknownst to me, this drumstick has a crack all the way around the cone all the way around the cone. The only thing that's holding this drumstick together is the actual ice cream, you know? And so, but I don't see it. I don't see this crack. And so I'm so excited, man. I got this ice cream. I'm about to eat it. And so my dogs are looking at me like they want the ice cream. And I'm like, not today. This is mine. And so I, I go to walk and my dog gives me a flat tire. How many of y'all know what a flat tire is? They ste he steps on the back of my, my sandal, you know what I'm saying? And so I almost fall, you know what I mean? So as I'm walking, the momentum from me doing this, I can see this. The, it's in slow motion, man, this ice cream. No, I'm still holding on to this thing. And I'm like, no. And so before I can pick it up and blow it off because of the five-second rule, you know what I'm saying? My dogs, they jump on that ice cream. I'm like, they set me up, man. It was a terrible day. I got in the bed. And cried myself to sleep, <laughs> hoping that the sun would come up in the morning and things would be better. It was a bad day. And we all have bad days. We really do. And these teenagers that we're looking at today, they are having a really, really, really bad day. Because remember, if you don't bow down to this statue, where are you thrown? Into a blazing furnace, a blazing furnace. This is bad. And so what I want to do for the rest of the time that we have together is I want to show you three qualities about faith, three qualities that God really hopes to, to, for our faith to have. If you're keeping notes, you want to write them down. The first quality that I want to talk to you about this morning is faith obeys God instead of following man. Faith obeys God instead of following man. Think about these boys. The band starts up, man, it, and it's blaring. The music is blaring. The music is so loud so that even the person who is hard of hearing can hear this music because when you hear this music, what are you supposed to do? You are supposed to bow down. I mean, the horn is going, the flute is going, the zither, whatever that is, the lyre. I don't even know what that is. All these musical instruments, man, it's got to sound crazy. It's like, it's like Miss 103, Y101, Z106, and 99 jams all together in one song. Not one radio station, one song. And so everybody, this music is blaring. Everybody is bowing down. Everybody, except for these three teenagers. Except for these three teenagers. And check this out. Verse 13 of Daniel chapter 3. The Bible says, then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. Then they were brought in. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? 
I, I, I don't know if you see this. This king, he's, he's pretty mad. He's pretty upset. He's mad. So when, I love verse 16. Check this out. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need, we don't need, to, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. Man, when I read this story, I can't help but think that these three teenagers had a little redneck in them, you know? Because the king, the king looks at them and says, you're going to bow down. And they say, no, sure, it ain't happening, not today. That's what they say. Can you imagine saying something like this to your parents? If your parents, if you got a teenager and you go to their, your teenager and you say, look, I, I want you to do this, and they respond to you by saying, I don't got to listen to you. I don't have to give you any kind of answer. I, stay out of my business. What are you going to do? I know what my mom would have done. She'd have been taking off her earrings and putting her rings down and coming after me. You know what I'm saying? When I was coming up, that's what my mama would have done. What, what, I mean, for real, this is crazy. But these guys, that's what they do. They look at the king and they say, you know what? We don't have to give you an answer. We don't even have to talk to you. Because this doesn't involve you and us. This is between us and God. These, these teens, they said, you know what? We're going to follow God instead of following man. We're going to obey God instead of following man. Faith obeys God instead of following man. These teens didn't have to pray about it. These teens didn't have to think about it. They didn't have to go to their Facebook page and update their status and ask all their friends, hey, what do you think I should do in this situation? They were determined to be obedient to God, period. We will, we'll, we'll be obedient to God no matter what. That's what they were saying. And so faith obeys God instead of following man. But put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in their shoes. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but, but I, can, I, can really, uh, I can really see how this would be a, uh, be really easy to, a situation to compromise in. I can see how this would be an easy situation to compromise in. It's a blazing furnace. Well, everybody else is bowing down. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is doing it, so let's, let's do it too. I mean, we're not really going to worship this statue. Look at it. It's ugly but we're just gonna, we're just gonna bow down. We're just gonna fake it. We're just gonna fake it. Let's just, let's just, let's just bow down. Or maybe they said, you know what? Well, let's just worship it today. And then tomorrow we can ask for forgiveness. I mean, God forgives, right? It doesn't matter what we do. We'll just do this and then we'll ask God for forgiveness. I mean, think about how many times in our life we've actually tried to tried to rationalize things that way. You say, well, if I've, you've never had those types of feelings, you don't think you'd have that type of feeling, well, what about this? I mean, just think about it. If you don't bow down, what happens? You die. You die. And so maybe you'd say, well, you know, if, if I die, who's going to tell other people about God? So I'll just bow down, and God will understand. He won't mind if I compromise. He'll, he, he'll be okay. You know, again, you might not, you, you might have had those those types of thoughts, those types of feelings, because we have those types of thoughts and feelings when it comes to compromise in our life nowadays, but these teens didn't. They had already determined that no matter what, we're going to honor and obey God. We're going to honor and obey God. We're not going to let what we see affect us. We're not going to let what other people are saying influence us. See, listen to me. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a follower of Christ, your enemy, this, your spiritual enemy, Satan, will give you plenty of opportunities to compromise in your walk with Christ. He really do. People will even tell you, hey, don't do this, or you need to do this right here. People will say, hey, don't do that, or you need to do 
you need to do this. It's okay. Just do this. See, I remember when we, when we went to start this church four years ago, there were people who really thought it was dumb, that we didn't need to do it. They were like, man, do you have any funding? Nope, you're dumb. That's what they'd say. Hey, do y'all have a building? Nope, you shouldn't do it. They'd say, hey, do you, do you know where y'all are going to meet? Nope. We don't. Do you know how to start a church? Nope, we don't. They were like, hey, uh, again, do you know what you're doing? And I still don't know what I'm doing. And so people were like, I wouldn't do it. You're crazy. And so I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I even thought for a little while that it was, it was crazy. But faith obeys God instead of following man. Faith obeys God instead of following man. And so four years ago, Elevate Church started. And after four years, Elevate Church is still going strong, influencing and impacting people right here in this community and in this world. So much so. So much so that 13 people are taking their next step in their walk with Christ and being baptized today. 13 people are getting baptized as a result of a church starting that people said would be stupid to start. Man, God is good. That's all I'm saying. And faith obeys God instead of following man. Faith obeys God instead of following man. The second thing that I want you to see this morning is this. Faith obeys God in spite of what it sees. Faith obeys God in spite of what it sees. Check out Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're, they're talking to the king, and look what they say. They say, look, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, God is able. God is able. That's what they say. God is able. The God that we serve is able to save us, and look what they say. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. You see what the teen said? You see what they said? They said, I see the blazing furnace. I see it. And no matter what we see, I believe God is able to save me. But not only do I believe he's able to save me, I believe he's going to save me. There's a, a big difference in those two statements. There's a big difference between believing that God is able to do something and believing that God is actually going to do it. See, what I know about everybody or, or a room like this, I know that there's all sorts of doubt in this room. I know that. So many people let the situation and circumstances that are around them direct their future and hold them back. Some people say things are never going to get better. Things will never change. But I'm here to tell you that our faith needs to grow. Our faith needs to grow because God is willing and God is able to do abundantly more than you can ask for or think. We serve a good God who loves you and loves me and loves us and wants to do great things. He's got more planned for you than you can imagine. He wants, he wants to do it. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe that. You've got to have faith. See, I remember not too long ago, Sadie Kate, my youngest, she's six. I don't exactly remember how old she was when this happened, but somebody here at the church had given her a $5 bill, and she was going to use that to, to buy a, a toy, you know? And so uh, uh, Sadie Kate's at the age where she doesn't really understand the value of money. She thinks that quarters are more valuable than dollars, so she doesn't understand like a, a $1 bill, a $5 bill, a $10 bill, or a $20 bill. But she gets this $5 bill, and of course she's excited, but I'm, I'm going to have a little fun with her, you know? So I pick her up, and we're, we're standing actually in front of the offering box, and I'm like, I'm like uh, hey, Sadie, you've you got to give 10% of that to God. And she's like, what? What's that mean? And so I'm trying to explain to her what 10% is. And so, you know, what 10% of $5 is, and she's like, I, it's just like her mind is blown. She doesn't understand what I'm saying. I'm like, girl, you got to give just a little 
of that to God. And so she's like, I should just rip it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't rip it. Don't rip it. That's not, she said, but that's what she said. Just give a little bit of it to God. I was like, no, no, no. You got to give 50 cents of this to God. And so, you know, we're looking at that box. It says make a difference. We're looking at that box and real quick, Sadie just puts the whole $5 bill in that box. And I'm like, what are you just doing that for? You just gave it all away. I said, girl, I ain't got a key to that offering box. I can't get that back for you. And without skipping a beat, she just looked at me and she said, that's okay, daddy. You got more. You got more money. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I was trying to teach Sadie something in that moment, but God used Sadie to teach me something. He used Sadie to teach me something. Sadie looked at her father, her father. She looked at me. She didn't have anything. She just saw it. It was all gone. She, she didn't look at what she sees. She looks at her loving father, believing in faith that I have more for her. And so you know what I did? I took her to Walmart and I bought her that toy that she wanted because she had faith. And I'm telling you that that's how God wants us to be with him. It says that God wants us to have faith in him. Not only that he, he's able, but that he will do something. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, but maybe, maybe you're not doing well physically. You need to know that you serve the God who heals. You might not be doing well financially, but you need to know that you serve the God who provides. God loves us. He loves you. He promises never to leave us and never to forsake us. He will take care of us if we put our faith and hope in him. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, check this out. Jesus said, you don't have enough faith. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Man, I, I got to have faith in spite of what I see. I'm going to obey in spite of what I see happening in my life. But, but let's, let's be real for just a second. Because this is the hardest question in all of this. What if God doesn't do what you're believing him for? What if? What if, what if you're believing God to heal someone and they die? What if you're believing God to bring your kid back from a life of addiction and poor choices and they continue to make poor choices and go further and further away from God? What do you, what do, you do when you're believing God for something big and it doesn't seem to be happening? Because what I know is that that's probably where some of us are right now. We're believing God for some big things and we just don't see it happening. Well, that brings me to the third thing that I want you to see, and that's this. Faithful obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. Faithful obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's responsibility. It's your job and my job to be faithful. That's where, and that's where our job ends. The, the outcome and the way, that things, the way that things unfold, that is up to God. Again, our job is to be obedient and faithful, and how things play out is entirely up to him. I, I love what happens in this story. I love, I love what, what happens in Daniel chapter 3. These teens, they're looking at a king. They're looking at a king who is mad, who wants to kill them, who wants to throw them into a fiery furnace, and they believe that God is able to save them. They believe that God is going to save them, but look at what they say in verse 18. The Bible says this, but king... Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you've set up. Man, these guys believe that God can 
They believe God will. And they say, but you know what? It doesn't matter if he does or not. We're going to do what's right. And we're going to trust God to work things out. Now, see, we, we might know this story. You might know this story. And so you say, well, duh, it was easy for them to say that. But the reason why it's easy for you to say that and me to say that is because we're thousands of years removed from this story. This is real life for these teens. They don't know that what God's going to do. They don't know that God is, is, is going to, to rescue them. They don't know the outcome. They're facing an evil king, a blazing furnace, and the threat of becoming you know, crispy, fried, crispy fried children. You know what I'm saying? That's, what, that's what's fixing to happen to them. They don't know what God is going to do, but their faith is unwavering. It's unwavering because they ultimately know the goodness of God. And they ultimately know the heart of God. And so you know what the king does? For the first time ever, King Nebuchadnezzar, he orders that this blazing furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. I mean, remember when I told you earlier to say blazing? If we thought that that furnace was blazing then, you got to know that this thing is really blazing right now. I mean, it's really, really, really blazing now. The king has had enough and so he orders these strong soldiers to come and to bind these, these, these teenagers. And he orders them to throw them into the fiery furnace. And listen, the heat from this furnace is so intense that the Bible says the strong soldiers that threw them in died instantly. These strong soldiers, they didn't die in the fire. They died near the fire. This is a hot fire, a hot fire. Fire. So the king throws them in, and the king thinks that the kids are dead. But God. Did y'all hear what I just said? But God. But God. See, anybody with a rational mind would say, you know what? This is over. This situation looks terrible. The situation seems overwhelming, but it doesn't matter what things look like because God is still God and God is in control and God is all powerful. I want you to see what happens here. The king throws them in. He throws them in. And look at verse 24. The king throws them in. In verse 24, the Bible says, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like, what? A son of the gods. See, this king is some dumb, but he's not plumb dumb. And so he throws these boys in there, and he's thinking that they're going to be dead. And so he sits back, and he's like, yeah, I took care of them. And then he's like, wait a minute. One? Two, four, four. He looks at these smart people, his advisor. He said, hey, what comes after two? And they're like, three. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's three. There should be three people. How many, how many people are we throwing in? Three. They said, why well, I see four, four people. And the fourth person looks like what? A son of the gods. This is a Christophany, which we talked about last week. This is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ, of the Son of God. These boys are walking around in the fire, dancing with God. And what this shows me, what this shows me is that God will show us his power in all sorts of ways, but God will show us his presence in the midst of the fire in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the struggles. When we're in trials and when we're in struggles and we still believe and we have faith 
and we believe that God's going to take care of us, that's when God's presence will be made known to us in amazing ways. And please don't miss this. I'm wrapping up. Almost done. But these boys, they're thrown into the fire, tied up, right? They're bound. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he's looking back, and he sees these boys that were bound. He sees them free. He sees them free, and he sees them walking around. So the king approaches this blazing furnace, and he says, Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out of there. And so they walk out, and everybody inspects them. This is a miracle. What in the world happened? Man, the boys don't smell like smoke. Their hair on their head hadn't been singed. The hair on their arms hasn't been singed. And you know what the king says? This evil king. Look at what he says in verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. The king praised God. See, when you and I are willing to stand, when you and I have faith, when you and I are are willing to operate in faith and do what is right in spite of our trials, in spite of our struggles, other people around you will be amazed. They'll be amazed and they will praise God. They'll see you, but they'll give glory and honor to God. See, today we got 13 people who are getting baptized. 13 people who are getting baptized. And and what I want you to understand is that each of those people has a past. Sure, some of them are kids, but we've all done things in our life that we're not proud of. We do. We've all done things in our life that we're not proud of. We've all got a past. But today we get to see them take their next step. We see them, but we praise God. God, because he's given them new life. We praise God because God has set them free. We praise God for what God is doing in their life. If you have not given your heart to Christ, I want you to know that he can change you in such a way that other people will praise God. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk, but I wonder today, If there's somebody here who knows that it's time for them to be saved, it's time for them to be set free, it's time for you to give your heart and life to Christ. If that's you and you know today that you need to be saved, I'm going to ask right where you are that you raise your hand. Nobody's looking around, it's just me. But you know you need to be saved. You need to give him your heart. Amen. Look, if you raised your hand, I'm going to ask that you just repeat after me. Father, forgive me today for all my sins. Save me from myself. Mold me into a new person. Help me to Operate in faith. Help me, Father, to follow you instead of following man.
Help me to have faith in spite of what I see. Help me, Father, to be obedient. Empower me with your Holy Spirit to be who it is that you want me to be. I confess you as Lord. Thank you for saving me. Father, I also want to pray for each and every person in this room because sometimes, Lord, I know that we get so hung up on trying to please people instead of trying to please you. And so, Father, I pray today that you would forgive us of that, that you would help us to realize that you've called us to live a life of faith, a life that's different from the life that everyone around us is living. And help us, Father, to be willing to walk the path that you have for us in spite of how difficult it may be. In the fire, Father, may we praise you. May we feel your presence in a new way. I pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.